0: Welcome to the ARRIVE podcast, the U.S. immigration law podcast for Canadians. I'm your host, Jeremy Richards, along with fellow U.S. immigration lawyer, Christine Jerusik. Welcome. Today we are discussing the L-1 visa. What is the L-1 visa and how does it apply to Canadians and what advantages do Canadians have with with the L-1 visa process? So the L-1 visa has been around for a long time. It was originally created for huge multinational companies to be able to transfer employees between their organizations if they have a US organization and then foreign entities maybe they have a foreign entity in Canada or Japan or you know anywhere else in the world and they need to transfer employees back and forth between their organizations so the L1 visa was created for the ease of transfer of employees between a US organization and their foreign affiliate organizations. And the L-1 visa applies to employees that fall under certain categories. In general, an L-1 visa, those that are in executive or managerial positions or in what they call the specialized knowledge position at at the foreign entity can be transferred potentially to the US entity to work in the United States. So the L1 visa is a very good mechanism for these companies to be able to transfer employees. And some of the advantages of it is there is no cap. Like an H1B visa, they they only allow so many H1B visas a year and L1 visa. You can make do a transfer at any time throughout the year, as long as the individual qualifies. And the basic criteria for that are that the employee has worked with in the organization for at least a year in the qualifying role and that the Entities have a closely related structure. So the U.S. entity and the foreign entity have to be, have the same majority. Yeah, ownership. it's called
1: a qualifying relationship.
0: And it has to be majority owned by the same people. So if Christina and I own a U.S. company and we're 50 50 partners, then when we want to transfer our employees to our foreign company, that company must be owned substantially. Similar to the U.S. company,
1: right? So you can have a parent-sub relationship. You can have an affiliate relationship. Um, it could be a branch office of your your um, foreign company, or it could even be a joint venture. These all qualify.
0: And as long as you can show that at least fifty-one percent of that structure is the same, or fifty percent, as long as you have um, veto power, so. You have to have a controlling interest in both companies, or the same individual does, or group of individuals. As long as you can show that they're closely related through ownership structure, then those entities could potentially qualify. And the other is that the entities have to have been in business for at least a year. So, the the U.S. entity or the foreign entity have to show at least one year of operations before you're you're transferring employees. And one of the common methods that we see uh, the L one VC used for is a Canadian company, for example, and that's who we deal the most with are Canadian businesses. They have a business that's been operating in Canada for several years, and they want to get into the U.S. market. So they open up a U.S. branch. That U.S. branch is less than a year old, but there is is an exception under the L1 visa where you can do what's called a startup, and you can do an L1 startup, and you can transfer employees to the United States to start up a new branch, affiliate, whatever entity you wanna create in the United States to expand your business into yeah, the United Yeah, it gives you the States.
1: opportunity to come in and open your new office. Um, and you don't have to prove any operating history in the United States in order to do that.
0: Just in the foreign entity. So as long as that foreign entity's been around for at least a year, and you, and what we run into here, we run into a lot of issues with, pe- with people in bookkeeping. Uh, You have to keep good business records if you're going to do an L-1 visa. They want to see everything. When you file applications with either the border or with U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, it's heavily document-based. So you have to be able to provide a lease agreement. You have to be able to provide your bank statements, your tax returns, if you're a Canadian company, you have to prove you have employees. You can't be the only employee in the organization to do an L1. You have to have an organizational chart that shows a hierarchy, that shows you know your VP level people, then your directors and your frontline people. And you have to have T4s to prove that these people are on payroll. We've done L1 visas for many different entities that are looking to expand into the United States. Um, Recently, we've been doing a lot of L1 visas for trucking companies. We've been getting inundated with trucking companies, which is a good thing. And I think part of it is because of the boom due to COVID. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're some of the only people that can still come to the United States because they're in a essential business. So they're doing very well. And they're seeing an opportunity to come to the United States to expand their business. Because if you're just, there are there are limitations on what you can do, If you're coming in the u.s as a visitor as a trucker you you have to go from point a to point b and then back you just have to you can drop off your load and then go back to to the country where it came from so they're limited in what they can do if they open up a u.s operation however then that expands the operations for that company in the united states Um, it's funny we drive by the peace bridge all the time it's close to our office and (laughs) I think several times when I'm going by, I look, oh, that truck, oh, that's our client. Oh, there's mm-hmm. another truck. Yep. That's another one of our clients. So the trucking industry is is doing very well, and you, we see a lot of Canadian trucking companies that want to expand their operations into the U.S. Um, there are many other companies, too, construction companies, and that that's broad. There, there are many different fields within construction that are able to do this as well as long as there is an entity in Canada that's an actual operating entity and has employees and you're coming to do a similar thing in the United States with the same ownership structure, it's possible. Now, some of the issues we run into with L1 visas are smaller companies. There's smaller companies where maybe it's a mom-and-pop shop, a husband and wife may may own it, and they're the only two employees. Well, for an L one, yeah, that,
1: that may not work.
0: Yeah, for an L one visa, you have to show that these individuals, uh, in most cases we see, uh, are owners of the entities. So you have to show your executive or managerial level. Well, if there's only two people in the company, who
1: are you managing?
0: And how do you prove that you're not doing any of the administrative duties,
1: right? Right. And then the other thing you have to think about is. Um, if, if you're getting a visa to come and open up your new office or operate your business here in the United States, who's going to be left behind in, in your home country to run the business there? So you need to have somebody who is qualified in order to keep that, those operations going. That's one of the basis for this visa. You can't transfer your business to the U.S. on it, but you can expand it. So you need to show that you're going to be able to continue operating the, the operations outside the United States.
0: Exactly, so if, if it's a mom-and-pop organization, one person left behind generally isn't sufficient. Um, they wanna make sure that that entity is going to continue. Like you said, it has to continue. So when you're opening your US operation, that foreign operation has to continue to operate without you present, and it needs to continue to do business. So can you do it with a small company? You can, it depends on what you're doing. However,
1: yeah, it just has to be done correctly and you need to have everything in place.
0: Yeah. And you need to show if you're going, someone else is competent to be left behind to do it. And we see that a lot, a lot. That's, that's probably one of the, uh, main reasons for denial. Of these applications for small companies. You don't show that you have sufficient managerial capacity at the foreign entity to be able to transfer yourself to the U S to make sure that entity continues to operate. Um, And another thing we see a lot is, especially in Canada, they love independent contractors. So they have a lot of independent contractors, but they don't have actual employees on payroll or what I would refer to as a T4 employee or a W2 employee in the U.S. And And for L1 visa purposes, they're not going to count those individuals because they're not actual employees. They're contractors. So if you have a lot of people that are, uh, contractors on the books. And you and you run into this with trucking companies. They love to do it where they have independent contractors. Yeah, the owner-operators. The owner-operators, yeah. And then construction as well. They they farm out a lot of the labor and they don't have a lot of employees. So you can run into those issues uh, when you're trying to do an L-1 visa because you don't have the paperwork to support it and to prove your operations and that you have sufficient uh, management or employees and operations in the foreign At the foreign company to justify the transfer and then in the u.s there are certain minimum things you need to be able to expand into the u.s as well Uh, for example you have to have a u.s entity and when you say u.s entity that means a related corporate entity meaning an llc um, or an affiliate or subsidiary that you've created in the u.s that's substantially similar to the foreign uh, entity by ownership you must have a Space that's sufficient to support the operations in the United States, and this is another thing we see uh, issues with that uh, when people are applying for an L one. Yeah, visa. there's no
1: exceptions to that one. You definitely need to have some physical space, and we we get a lot of calls from people that say, "Well, I just, you know, I'm a consulting company, or you know, I basically operate out of my yeah, I don't, my home, I and don't a lot la- an with office. a laptop. I don't need an office." But that's not going to be acceptable for this type of application. So that may be the case for your business. But in order to be approved, you need to, you know, find somewhere and lease a space that's going to be sufficient for your operations.
0: And you run into that a lot with consultants, uh, IT companies, uh, and a lot of companies nowadays that just operate out of their homes. You can't do that for an L1 visa. You need to have a physical office space, and the definition is that it's sufficient to support your operations. So, for example, if you're doing a trucking company, we've talked about that a little bit, you need to show that you have a space in the United States that's going to be able to support that operation. Maybe you need a warehouse. Maybe you need a facility that you can repair the trucks at and
1: an office space. I had someone who just did it with... uh several acres of vacant land that he's going to be leasing out to other trucking companies as a, as a pit stop for them. And he put a building on there, a trailer on there, and he's got his operations running. Perfect
0: and so you can't just operate out of a house we get that a lot well can't i just buy a house and call that my business yeah no you can't they they really frown upon you buying a residential space and, and the same and thing same
1: goes business. for the canadian or non-us operations they're going to want to see that you have physical space for your business so if you're running a home office this may not be a visa the type of visa for you
0: yeah and you have to have a lease agreement or a deed something to prove that you have this office space and it must be office space not residential space um and in addition to that they want to see a business plan what do you plan on doing in the united states you can't just show up and say hey i want a visa you need to be able to explain, expound. What do you plan on doing in the United States for the trucking company example? Well, I'm going to open up a U.S. operation. That's that's pretty straightforward to explain what you're doing. Some companies it may be a little bit more difficult, but they want to see that you've thought this out, that you have plans in order to uh, expand your business into the United States, and that that. A year from now, two years from now, three years from now, how many employees are you going to have? What are you going to
1: accomplish? That's a big one, yeah. You definitely want to have a pl- business plan that's going to show that you're hiring some U.S. employees. I mean, this th- the whole purpose of opening a new office should be to employ some U.S. people and, and, and expand your business into the U.S. and support some U.S. families. And the same applies for the
0: U.S. entity and the foreign entity, just like you need to show executive managerial capacity in the foreign entity. You have to show that that U.S. company has a future capacity to support a manager to or an executive, especially if you want a green card. And that's one of the great things about an L1 visa is there is a pathway to a green card for executives or managers within that L1 organization you can be transferred to the US and if that US entity grows to a sufficient capacity that can support a permanent manager in the United States, then you could get a green card through that entity. It's one of the big advantages of the O1 visa and why a lot of people like it, because they want permanent status in the US.
1: Or they may not know that they want that, but there's a possibility if their business grows to a certain size, they may need to be positioned in the US full time. And they like the option of being able to move to that um, instead of, for example, an E two visa, which is an investor visa, it, you know it's very difficult, much more difficult to move to a green card from that um, from that visa than it is from an L one. Yeah, the
0: L one is one of the best visas because it has a direct path to green card if you qualify, if you meet those minimum qualifications. And as Canadians, if you're a Canadian and you're on an L one visa, there there are many advantages to it. One of the advantages is. You can make an application for an L-1 visa right at a port of entry. Other countries have to file by mail with U.S. citizenship and immigration services, which can be a bear. U.S. citizenship and immigration services is, is very difficult with these L-1 applications, especially for small companies. They really don't like small companies. Again, it goes back to why the L-1 visa was created. It was created for multinational, large companies with thousands of employees. The border, however, has adopted small companies. And they have no problem processing them if you meet the qualifications. So you can apply in person at a port of entry with the right documents and you can get your L1 visa the same day. It's amazing. Just like a TN, TN visa status. You can get an L1 visa or L1 visa status right there at the port of entry with the right documents. And another advantage is a lot of Canadians or these these cross-border companies, they don't spend all their time in the U.S., they spend time in both countries. And if you're spending less than 50% of your time in the United States, you can keep renewing L1 visas indefinitely. There's no cap on the time limit for an L1 visa if you're spending less than 50% of your time in the U.S. However, if you're spending more than that, there are some limits on the time you can spend in the U.S. For example, an L1 for an executive, maxes out at seven years if you're spending more than five years, or 50% of your time in the U.S. So those are some huge advantages for Canadians that, that want to do business in the U.S. It allows you to expand your business into the U.S. It allows you to, if you want, continue to stay on this L1 visa indefinitely. And there's that pathway to a green card if you so choose to do that. So the L1 visa is a, is a great option to do business in the United States. Uh, so if you're looking to do business in the US and you have a foreign entity that's been in operation for at least a year and you have sufficient operations, then the L1 visa might might work for you. So if you wanna do business in the US on an L1 visa, we've helped many different types of businesses do this. For example, we've helped one of the most recent ones, and I think this is a pretty cool one that we helped out. He Works in the real estate industry. He's not a real estate agent or a broker. He goes in with his drones and his cameras. It's a film company. Yeah, really. he documents the property, and he'll fly around with the drone and and show the surrounding area. This this particular individual has his original company in Canada, and they're doing very well in Canada. The real estate market in Canada is nuts. Uh, but it is everywhere in the United States too. And he opened up an operation, his first operations in Hawaii, then he plans on going to Los Angeles. But these these videos are amazing. He's flying around, you know, showing yeah. the beaches, the neighbors, and it's flying through the house. It's an amazing company, amazing product that he provides. But that individual was able to qual- qualify for an L-1 visa. Um, we've done many L-1 visas for professionals like a doctor or a lawyer uh, dentist Mm -hmm. you can qualify for an l1 visa you want to open up another practice in the united states just just keep in
1: mind you can't come in and be the doctor or dentist you have to manage the doctors and dentists that you hire here in the united states so it's it your position is kind of limited in that regard so if you want to practice medicine um, this isn't the way to do it. This is the way to expand an e your medical visa practice would
0: work for that. Or right. An but, e visa, but not an L1. Yeah. yeah.
1: This is the way to expand your medical, your Canadian medical practice into the U S and manage that U S practice.
0: Yep. It's for managers and executives, not frontline workers.
1: Right. Some of the other businesses we've done are, um, I have a couple online sellers, uh, that needed a presence here in the United States in order for shipping and logistics and things like that. Um, uh, at heating and cooling company that was doing great business in Canada hooked up with a builder here in the U.S. and expanded his operations. And now he's um, putting HVAC and fireplaces into uh, new builds in the New York area.
0: Yeah, a lot of construction type businesses, you know, electrical contractors or even just general contractors. If you have the wherewithal to to open up your U.S. operation and do the same thing, we have. We have some companies down in florida area that do renovations after natural disasters that's what they do oh after hurricanes yeah after hurricanes so they have their their canadian operation and then they open up a u.s one and they're doing the same thing
1: yeah Um, and and, you know franchising type situations can work as well in certain circumstances so if you're the franchisor in canada and you want to get some franchisees here in the u.s you can expand your franchise. We have two really
0: big ones out of Canada. One of them is a, a pizza a pizza chain in Canada, and they opened up, and they're doing some pizza chains here in the U.S. And then another one is at a, a, a I, won't, I won't say test prep. We do have a test prep company as well. They do LSAT prep and all the preps for mm-hmm. you know all the entrance ex- exams, to college. They had a U.S. our Canadian operation, and they've opened up. Many operations throughout the U.S. doing test prep. Yeah, I did too. one
1: for, um, you know, those gla- garage floor refinishers where oh, they yes. put the epoxy coating on. They sell franchises to, and it's it's a portable franchise, I guess, and they sold those here in the United States as well. So,
0: so if you have one in Canada and you buy another one in the U.S., that works as well.
1: Oh, yeah, it, it, you could do that too. You just have to be careful with those ones with the ownership structure.
0: Yeah. You, ownership structure is very important and it can get very complicated, especially with Canadian companies. They like to have their little entities. One entity owns the employees, one owns the property. Yeah. They, they can it have it can some complex
1: crazy. tax structures that, that are created, uh, you know, to. You think um, tax evasion <laughs> happens in the U.S.? It's, it's not evasion. It's not evasion. It's, it's, <laughs> it, yeah. Tax benefits
0: by <laughs> creating different entities.
1: Yeah. So here in the U.S., most of the time, things are more, a little more straightforward in the the corporate structure area, but yeah, in Canadian Canada, they can get complex. Get crazy, crazy <laughs> so you crazy. just want to consult with a lawyer before you make the move and make sure that your organization qualifies. Um, and if it doesn't, sometimes it's just a matter of uh, doing a reorg and, and getting. Or things there in could place be another visa option
0: too, right? Yeah. Maybe, and we'll talk about it on another day. Like the E visa may may apply to a lot of business professionals too. Um, and be careful when you're doing the L one visa. Very, very, very paperwork intensive. A lot of paperwork. How many How many, How many? many pages would you say the average L1B? Well, I do don't L1 even L1V know. Says five, I, at least I, 500. I measure
1: them by inches. Inches, yes. <laughs> they're at
0: least four to five inches thick. These things are massive. Yeah. It's a ton of paperwork. And when we help clients, they're like, wow, this is a lot. Yes. And that's what they expect to see. And if you don't show up with that, you can have a problem. And we see these fail... For, there's some common reasons we see them fail. There's there's a few that we've identified. You don't have that sufficient office space in the US is a big one. Maybe you haven't been doing business in Canada for at least a year is another one. You don't have a sufficient management structure in your foreign entity. So if you're leaving, you're you're the brains and everything of your operation, and you're taking off. There's no one left behind to operate it. And
1: or you're not in a managerial or executive position. You're actually frontline
0: employee frontline
1: employee can't come as a mechanic
0: right on a wrench right right you can be the manager of that company but you can't be the one doing the work Uh, construction too so if you're the frontline employee doing the repairs you're not going to qualify but the owner of that again you mentioned that earlier christine if you're coming in as a dentist and you're and you are the dentist well that doesn't qualify for now you have to you, you have to own the practice and hire a dentist and, hire and manage dentists. that dentist. And, but correct.
1: You can't be the dentist yourself.
0: And that's where maybe, like I mentioned, the EVs, it may be more appropriate than an L. And then one of the other big reasons Ls are denied is, is just documentation. Like we said, several inches thick is what these applications are. If you don't have the right supporting documents to prove the relationship, to prove the management structure, to prove the amount of employees that you have, to prove what your intent is in the U.S., this is all based on documentation. You have to be able to provide the leases, the bank statements, mm-hmm. the contracts, yeah, all of most these supporting docs. of our docs. smaller
1: clients are, are always surprised at how much we ask for or a little bit shocked with, the, with that email we send out saying hey and this we, is what we aren't need. <laughs> asking for it. this is what the government
0: right. needs and it can be frustrating and
1: typically the question is do we really need to provide all of this yes and the answer is yes you do if you think in in terms of the l1 visa and the size of of corporation that this is intended to help um that's the kind of documentation they're looking to see you know a large corporation would have all these things in place so you need to have the hallmarks of that
0: yeah and if you show up in your apple and you're transferring an employee you know from your foreign office to the u.s office there's gonna
1: well then you have a blanket l and you don't have to well and (laughs) the
0: scrutiny is much less right because they know who you are but when you show up in your ma and pa joe's sandwich shop in canada they don't know who you are right they don't even know if you're a legitimate business and what are you going to do in the u.s is it going to be legitimate or are you just using this as a mechanism to get to the U S to do something else? So there are we reasons get those for calls that. too all the time. How do I get to the U.S.? To I, I want to
1: do an L one visa. Why do you want to do it? Oh, I want to, I want to spend more than six months in, in the U S well, what kind of business do you want to operate? it doesn't matter. Just tell me what'll work. Cause I want to come and live there. <laughs> so you know i think the bottom line is if you want to do an l1 visa and you're a business owner in canada and you have employees in canada and you have been in operation for more than a year um, and you're managing that business and you think it would be beneficial to your company to try and open a new office here in the united states it's definitely something we would talk to you about and, and explore
0: thank you for joining us today if you haven't already Please subscribe where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Give us a thumbs up and a five-star rating. And most importantly, tune in next time to the ARRIVE podcast, the U.S. Immigration Law Podcast for Canadians.